The following is a sermon from Living Hope Bible Church in Port Rowan, Ontario. For more information about our church, please visit livinghopebiblechurch.ca. Well, uh, good morning, Living Hope. Uh, Mark Sheldrake here. Glad to be with you. Uh, Like I said in our uh, little promo video that we did, if you caught that on social media, uh, the elders have asked me to come in. Uh, for a few weeks and, and share a sermon series with you. And so I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to get into God's word with you. And uh, I do want uh, you to continue to pray for, for the elders of the church and for Pastor Mark and his family uh, over the next uh, few months. Don't uh, take them off your list. Keep praying for them constantly as, as they direct the church. Uh, as we get started, I've got... Uh, Five people that I want you to think about for a moment. These five people all have something in common. Every one of them has something in common. I really, really wanted to show you pictures of these five people, but I was very confident that YouTube would have pulled it off for copyright. So that's why I didn't show these pictures. I want you to think of these five people, what they have in common, and maybe one characteristic about them. I promise the first one, I'm going to try it, uh, and I'm going to fail miserably at one of the things that we know best about this person. All right, the first person that we want to think about for a moment is Spock. Remember Spock from Star Trek? Not Star Wars, Star Trek. He had this, uh, this grip that was called uh, the Vulcan grip, and so, you know, he'd grip you at your neck, and he would knock you out, and so he also had this, and I can't do it, folks. I can't, I cannot properly do it without tape to give you the Vulcan symbol, all right? So, uh, number one is Spock. Think about him for a moment, and the Vulcan grip. The second is, now I'm starting to date myself with the next couple of people, all right, so the next one is E.T. Do you remember E.T.? All right, his, his greatest thing that he was well known for is he loved Rhesus Pieces. All right, so he loved Rhesus Pieces, and so uh, when you wanted to lure him out and bring him places, you used Rhesus Pieces to get him to come out. All right, the third one, now th- this is really dating me now, uh, the third person or third character we want to look at is Alf. Anybody remember Alf? All right, hey, the few people that are here, they're raising their hands. Alf was really famous for eating cats. He loved cats. All right, that was his main meal that he participated in, and so he really wanted to um, have that for his uh, delicacy. All right, two more people that we're going to think about. Okay, Spock, E.T., and then Alf, all right? Here's the fourth one. Uh, They all have something in common. The fourth one is uh, Billy Graham. Wait a minute. How does Billy Graham have something in common with Spock? Maybe, Maybe Billy Graham's magical power of preaching the gospel really was the Vulcan death grip. No, that wasn't it. Uh, Did Billy Graham like Rhesus Pieces? I don't know. Maybe he did. Uh, We're pretty sure his delicacy was not cats. 
All right, so, but Billy Graham, a famous evangelist, you know, picture when you would watch him on TV and he would preach the gospel in arenas, thousands of people would come down the aisles and come to uh, the altar and give their life to Jesus. Here, here's one more for you. Every one of them has something in common. The, the fifth one is C.S. Lewis. You remember C.S. Lewis? All right, so he wrote some great books, The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Screwtape Letters. He's written so many great books, but they all have one thing in common. Now, this is where you think through, folks, at home, right? Put your cereal down, put the lazy boy leg back, get ready to write your notes, because here's what they all have in common. Every one of them has in common that this place that we are at right now is not their home. All right, Spock, E.T., Alf, Billy Graham, and C.S. Lewis, the only thing that they have in common is earth is not their home. And so as we walk through, and we're going to walk through over the next number of weeks, I promise you, I'll lead you in and guide you that through to the, almost to the end of June, we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel. But this week here is a setup for you to understand the importance of Daniel. And we're going to be in 1 Peter. And so I want you to turn in your Bible, all right, if you're at home, make sure you have a Bible, don't let this just be TV for you or watching something on the internet. Engage in the scriptures with me. Follow verse by verse as we go through. First uh, Peter chapter 1 is what we're going to look at. Remembering this, that each and every one of these people had one thing in common. The one thing they had in common was this is not their home. And so in the beginning of First Peter... Peter is writing, and you're going you're gonna to watch this. If you have the ESV, I have the NASB. Your wording is going to be a little bit different than mine, but I'm going to tell you uh, the key differences. Okay, so we're going to look at verse 1, and this is going to set up this whole thing. You're going to be like, why did he start talking about aliens? Well, right now, we're going to set that up through the New American Standard. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens, all right? In the ESV, it's going to tell you that they are elect, all right? So in the ESV, the word right there, uh, where it says those who are elect that are scattered, okay? So in the NASB, he's referring to aliens. Here's why. Because at this point in time, in the history of the church, the body of believers are separated and all apart and no longer in Judah and Jerusalem. They have been cast out by persecution, so they are no longer living in their native land. And so Peter tells us the locations where they are, and he refers to them as aliens or sojourners. All right, so this is not their regular home. Here's where they are. They're in Pontus. Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And then he says, they are chosen. So you see, even in the ESV and the NASB, the key point that brings them all together is one, that they are elect. They are chosen. They are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. The NASB adds the fact that they're not in their homeland. 
When you look at these locations, one of them should pop off the page right away, and that is Galatia. Well, the letter written to the Galatians is written, Peter is writing to that same group of people. So here's, here's what he says in 1 Peter 1, 1 to 3. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are a chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, uh, of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest. All right, so we know these people are believers. So what we're going to do today is what we're setting up for Daniel is I'm giving you five characteristics of an alien. All right, so if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have professed Jesus with your mouth, and if your life is living one that is glorifying God, you too are an alien. All right? So you could be excited about that. You could start walking around your house and just nudge people and be like, I'm an alien. (laughs) I'm an alien. You know what I have in common with Spock and E.T. and Alf? We're all aliens. All right? So we're going to look at some cross-references because I want to define what an alien is. All right? The first definition of an alien comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. All right, so Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us this. It says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why are you an alien? Because this is not your home. As a believer in Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? You are waiting for the opportunity to go home whether that be through the return of Jesus Christ or whether that be by, you know, just natural causes of death that may occur because of sin in the world, you are waiting to get to your home. And until that time when you are with Jesus Christ in heaven, you are a sojourner or an alien in a foreign land. That's you. That's your characteristic As a believer, you are an alien because this is not your home. Here's the second characteristic and part that we want to look at from this is that aliens are not born, but they are born again. All right, so chapter, uh, John chapter 3, verse 3. So John chapter 3, verse 3 tells us all about aliens and their characteristics. And here's what... Uh, John has to say. He says, Jesus answered and said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, so uh, this is an important fact that we need to, to know and understand is that we must be transformed by the gospel. The gospel must transform our hearts in order for us to be considered aliens. There has to be a transfer of us from living for self, living in sin, to that of living for Jesus Christ. The only way we can be referred to as aliens 
is if we are believers in Jesus Christ. All right? So the two characteristics that we're looking at first are this. We live in the world, but we're not of the world, and we're not born, but we are born again. So let's walk, continue through this passage here, and let's look at the next characteristic of an alien that we're going to see. Verses 3 to 5 are going to uh, give us some very interesting uh, points that we're going to look at. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. All right, the characteristic we're looking at here of an alien is an alien looks to the future. All right, aliens are looking to the future. And when I'm talking about the future, I'm not talking about tomorrow, what, what's coming tomorrow. We're talking to a future that is to come when Jesus sets up his kingdom. When, when we will live eternally with Jesus... That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the escape from this sinful, corrupt world and living a life that brings glory and honor in this time because we're looking for what is to come. You see, the problem with the society that we, we live in right now, okay, this, this is one of the, the biggest issues we face. We want everything right now. You see, we, it's hard to live for hope when, when we want everything right now. Uh, the most amazing thing has happened in the last number of years. Did, did you know that you could order something on the internet and can it be at your house the next day? You can bring things through Amazon right to your house. It's absolutely amazing. This past week, I figured out something new. I had no idea. Costco will bring stuff to your house. You don't even have to fight the lines at Costco. Right now, it's, one of my greatest anxieties is, is thinking about going to Costco just for the purpose of buying that big bag of Chicago popcorn. Eh? So, no, no don't want to go there and do that. But we want everything right now. Society has created the ability for us to get everything we want in a moment's notice. All right? We want to we watch a movie. We can just go on Netflix and pick it up. Gone are the days. Gone are the days when you go to Blockbuster Video and you walk in the store and you try to figure out if that new release video is there. Do you remember those days? Do you remember hovering around the return bin waiting for the disc to come back or the, the VHS tape hoping that somebody dropped off that movie that you could then watch it get checked in and then you could take it home? Were you ever dealing with the disappointment of the fact that when you moved the cover of that old DVD and you were looking for it and it wasn't there? 
You see, gone are the days when you, when you have that because you can just stream it. You can just get everything you want right now. So, so why live for a hope of something that's coming when all of your satisfaction can come right now from the world? But you see, aliens are different. Aliens are, are looking for and hoping for and living in the hope that they will one day spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Look at uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, if you address as father the one who impartially judges or according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Uh, life, life is short. Um, just to think about that for a minute, uh, people that you talk to who, who are you know, in their 50s and 60s and 70s now, they'll, they'll come back and they'll say to you, I feel like it was just yesterday that I was in my 20s. Uh, I'm starting to, to ponder some of those things in, in my own life as I get closer to, to 50. This year, I'm going to turn, um, my birthday is going to be that, well, I'll leave myself closer to 50 than I will to 40. I'm beginning to think through the fact that where has the time gone? What has gone on in my life that I'm closer now to, to 50? I'm not that close to 50, but I'm closer to 50 than I was to when I was 40. Uh, life is so short, and so therefore, you and I as believers, we need to live that way. We need to live in a way that we understand that we're only here for a very short amount of time. Uh, how do we make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God in the time that we are living in. Life is short, so we need to live in that way. All right, so let's just keep walking back through these characteristics as a reminder, right? Because I'm hoping you're writing them down. You're, you're paying close attention. Uh, live in the world, but not of the world. You're not born, but you're born again. Aliens, they, they look to the future and have a great living hope. Here's the next thing that uh, aliens do. They do strange things. Uh, verses 6 to 9. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice in joy inexpressible and full of glory." obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Uh, think about this for a moment. Uh, aliens, they do strange things. All right? This is, this is something that we do, and I want you to think about yourself as an alien for a moment and the things that you do. 
All right, let me just break this down for you and let's just go through the basics and the, and the foundation of our faith. Okay, our faith is built on something that we have never physically seen. Uh, you and I were not present when Jesus walked the earth. But through tradition and through the writing of scriptures, that the tradition of word going forward, the gospel has come to us here in Canada. The gospel has come to Port Rowan, and the gospel is this. Are you ready? This is the gospel. The gospel is that God sent his son to earth. And that when he sent his son to earth, he lived as a man for 33 years without sin. But then he was put on the cross. He was crucified, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, a crown of thorns, a side over his head that said, King of Kings, And this man who went through all of this never said a word. He kept silent. And they crucified a man without sin. And when he died, he died for you and for me for our sins. He was buried for three days and he was resurrected. And then he appeared to man and more than 500 brethren at one time. Uh, when the disciples were, were praying in the upper room after, after the Holy Week, uh, Jesus just appeared to them. The, the, the story of the gospel is one that sounds like a Hollywood script. To the outside unbelieving world, it sounds like a fairy tale. That there is this guy who, who once lived in heaven and he came down and was born of a virgin. And then when he was born of a virgin, he lived on the earth. He was crucified, buried, and he rose again. And then he ascended into heaven. And that's what our faith is based on. And you see what Peter tells the believers here in these verses, he says, you know, all praise and glory and honor. Why? Because you believe Jesus even though you never saw him. You, you love him though you did not see him. But you believe in him and you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. This, this tradition of the gospel that has completely transformed your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you believe that something that happened more than 2,000 years ago gives you life. It gives you eternal life. The people in the world look at you and say to you, how can you believe that? It sounds like a fairy tale. It's a script right outside of a Hollywood movie. But you believe it. And you believe it so much that it's just not by the words, but by your actions. You begin to live differently. You begin to live with this great joy, this inexpressible joy that comes from your faith, knowing what? That one day you will no longer live on this earth. That when you have that last breath here on earth, 
that you will be present with the Lord. That's what you live for. You praise and you sing and you study scriptures. Why? Because you know the work on the cross has transformed your life. To the outside world, this is strange. This is something that they cannot comprehend. Look at with me First uh, Peter chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 5, and, and listen to this description of what happens in this transformation from man to alien. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin." so as to live the rest of the time in flesh no longer for the lusts of man, but for the will of God. Okay, did you see that? Did you see it? It says, now that you've been transformed by, by Jesus Christ, you no longer live in sin, but you live the rest of your time in the flesh, but no longer for the lusts of man, but you live for the will of God. All right, so the time has passed for you to keep living in sin if you are a believer, and it's now to live a life that brings glory and honor to God. Verse 3 says, For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable, abominable uh, idolatries. So everything in which you lived your life after your own lust, that time is over. It's done with. There's, there's no time for that anymore. The time is now to, to live the life of an alien, one who lives after the pursuit of Jesus Christ and the will of God. Now, now look at the response of those around you. That when you see this transformation in your life and you start living after Jesus, here, here's what the world says. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess of dissipation. And they malign you. And they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Have, have you experienced that in your own life where that moment of transformation when you, you began to follow after Jesus Christ, all your buddies and all your friends and the people around you and your family, everybody started to ask, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? Come on, it's Friday night. Let's go, let's go out. Let's get drunk. Let's party. I remember telling in, in high school, telling some of my buddies from my hockey team saying, look, uh, Fridays and Sundays are, are my time where, you know, Friday is youth group, Sunday is church. Even now, when I have some guys that I run with on weekends who are not Christian and they say, do you want to get together on Sunday? I say, well, we have to do it early because I got to be back for church. Well, but you, you can miss it. You don't need to participate in it. It's online. It'll be there later. No, no. This is my commitment as a believer in Jesus Christ that, that I'm going to spend time with the Lord and I'm going to be with him. And, and when church is running, church is running and I'm going to be there. 
Why? Because I love Jesus. There's nothing else in this world that takes higher priority than my relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've experienced that where where your family has turned on you because you have completely transformed your life. Maybe, Maybe you have experienced losing friends that you once had and you no longer walk in the same path as them because they can't quite figure out why you're different. You see, aliens, they, they do strange things, and the world looks at us, and the world ponders what we are going through, and they're saying, why all of a sudden are you completely different than the way you were before? You don't listen to the same music. You don't watch the same television shows. Everything you read is about Christianity. All you want to do is talk about Jesus. And your response should be yes. Because I have experienced the life-transforming power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's all I want to live for. And that's all I want to talk about. It doesn't matter what the world says about you or what your friends and your family who are unbelievers say about you. Continue to pursue the will of God at all costs. That's what aliens do. You see, when aliens have a living hope and they're looking for the future, they live their life now knowing it is short that they want to make maximum impact for the gospel now and not wait till the last moment. The time of sin is past. It's not important for us to be compared to the world, but it needs us to be set apart from the world. I want to make sure I've got this note here that I I don't want to miss it. It is the world does not need a church that looks like the world. The world needs a church that is set apart from the world. That when, when you look at the church body, you know they are different. Is that you? Are you being compared to a person who's doing strange things? Or do you, do you really look like the world in all of your actions, but your, your mouth professes that you're an alien? You see, word and action, they, they go together. All right, so let's look at uh, characteristic number four, and that is uh, coming from 1 Peter uh, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. It says, As to salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them is indicating, as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you in these things which you have been announced to you, those who preach the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven into the things which angels uh, long ago looked at. Verse 13, therefore, 
because of all of these people and the work that they did in searching out when the Messiah was going to come, they realized the Messiah was not coming for them, but the Messiah came at the proper time and came for you, is what Peter's saying. And the therefore is, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me give you the characteristic. It is aliens are in training. All right, so aliens are in training. There there are some actions in the Greek. There are some verbs here that we want to pay attention to. The first one is prepare. The second is keep. And the third is fix. So the first is to prepare your minds for action. That's that's the act of training. It's getting your mind into a position where you are completely fixed on that hope that is to come. You're not wavering in between fighting with the world and fighting to live for Jesus. Your mind is set and it is focused that you're going to war. And the war is internal. Yes, there are outside pressures. There are pressures that come from your friends and your family. The world wants you to do these things and push you to this way and that way, but it comes within the mind that you need to prepare your mind to say, no, I'm not going to do it. You see, what we're going to look at over the next few weeks in this series called Resolve is to understand that we are going to fix our mind to not break from pursuing the will of God. You see, resolve means to take that firm commitment long before any choice has to be made. That's what resolve means. It means that I am going to resolve that no matter the circumstances in life, no matter what happens in this world, I am not going to be moved or shaken by the position that I'm in. And that's what Peter says. He says, prepare your minds for action. Uh, Lift weights. Get ready. He says also, uh, keep sober in spirit. Uh, Keep sober, obviously the opposite of that would be drunk or not paying attention. And so he wants you to be well aware and alert at all times. Don't fall asleep. I promise you over the next couple of weeks, we are going to pay attention to where this culture is headed I've talked about this before with you folks, but it is burning in my heart at what's happening in this world. It's burning in my heart that Christians are falling into the traps of following after the things of the world and calling them Christian. Be sober and alert. Pay attention. What does God's word say? Line it up to God's word. And if it doesn't line to God's word, It's not God's word. He says also, fix your hope completely on the grace 
to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul says in Colossians, set your mind on the things above. Uh, What are we looking for? We're looking for Jesus. We're not going to get caught up in what's happening in the world. We're going to keep our minds and focused on Jesus Christ. So so you've got to be in training. Uh, The training not only comes from, you know, just what we do in the study of God's word, but it also comes from beating our body into submission. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verses 24 to 27. So 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. And, and you know what? If you're a runner like me, this is my favorite verses in the Bible, okay? Watch. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Then they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, run in such a way, not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. All right, so uh, the idea here is, one, we're all in a race together. What's the race? We're racing to eternity. Uh, There is a prize. What is it? Present with Jesus. And so we want to run in such a way that we go for that imperishable prize. Uh, I think about all the the, uh, marathon running I've done, and let me tell you, uh, I just, you know, have started to, to beat my body back into submission as far as disciplining myself in the point of exercise. And let me tell you, it has not been easy. One, trying to recover from COVID and the breathing and all of this, but also, guess what? There may have been a few Krispy creams that shouldn't have been there in that diet, and so now you're trying to beat yourself back in and get those belt loops down, and so you fight and you work hard and you do that. And what do you do? You start cutting things out. You start to beat your body into submission, and you don't want to fall into those traps in the excesses of the world, but you want to focus on that which is going to get you to that imperishable prize. This is what Paul is calling us to. This is what Peter is calling to us to. Beat your body into submission. Train yourself to say no to the things of the world. Train yourself to keep your eyes fixed on the return of Jesus Christ. You see, we need to live a lifestyle of holiness. As aliens, we need to be different. And the fact of the matter is, because we are different, We need to show that in our words and our actions. Our best platform is for us to share the gospel through our words and our actions to others. They will see Jesus in you. You are the best example of Jesus in this world today. So train for it. Train so that others will see 
Jesus in you. Let's look at the last one now. Uh, The last uh, characteristic comes in verses 14 to 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Uh, The final characteristic of an alien is this. Aliens do not conform to the world. Uh, The word conform in the Greek means to form and fashion, mold your behavior into a particular set of standards. Okay? So the particular set of standards you're not going to mold yourself into. And, And we're living in this world right now. The world that we're living in wants you to conform. Well, how do they do that? Well, if you don't agree with the world and their stances, they will cancel you. The purpose of the cancel culture is to make you conform to the world. If you don't carry my belief system on a number of different topics, you will be canceled, and the purpose of that is so that you will conform that you will break from your belief system and just come in line with the rest of the world. The Bible says, do not conform to the world, but live holy as he is holy. Uh, Set apart in the world, but not of the world. This is what we're going to look at over the next number of weeks. We're going to spend time looking at the character of Daniel. And as we look at the character of Daniel, we're going to see Daniel, who is an alien. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar comes into Jerusalem and takes Daniel captive into Babylon. And Daniel's going to live over 80 years in a foreign land as an alien. And so we're going to look at his characteristics of what it's like to live as an alien. So uh, aliens, let's let's walk through this one more time. They live in the world, but they're not of the world. They're not born again. They look to the future. They do strange things. They're constantly in training, and they do not conform to the world. You see, this is the challenge for us as we look at resolve over the next number of weeks. Will you resolve to live a life that brings glory and honor to God no matter what the culture around you wants you to do? We're going to build on that foundation that we have started today. But listen to these final verses as we, as we wrap up and I begin to pray. It is this second, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 11 and 12. He says, Beloved, I urge you. Now, the, listen to what the New American Standard says for a minute. Uh, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. The ESV, sojourners. I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain 
from the fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, observe them and glorify God in the day of visitation. So where are we headed? The whole purpose of this is so that we can live lives that are excellent, that bring glory and honor to God. And as we look at Daniel, I challenge you to not just listen to these messages, but pay close attention to what we'll learn about his character. His characteristics apply to you and I today and how we live. And so I cannot wait to keep digging into this word with you. So join us again next week, Daniel chapter one. Let me pray with you now. Father, we do thank you for uh, this opportunity to, to dig into your scriptures. I pray, Lord, that as we uh, discuss your word and as we ponder what uh, has come to us this weekend, I pray that you would speak to us clearly about how we need to change our lives. Father, that we should carry these uh, alien characteristics, that we would be people who would pursue you with full passion. Father, we thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.